on the Billiken Sports Network from Learfield. Welcome to the Billiken Coaches Show, presented by Edward Jones. Life is for living. Let's partner for all of it. Learn more at edwardjones.com. Now, the Billiken Basketball Radio Show. Basketball Coaches Show. Travis Ford is here. I'm Bob Ramsey. We'll have a special guest in a little while. Billiken big man Martin Linson is going to join us, and we're going to find out about his journey that's taken him from Dusseldorf to St. Louis and um, how and why and just who the heck that is. Coach, how are you this evening? Good. Just uh, finished up practice, and, uh, you know, uh, after a day off, it's a little sluggish, but uh, hopefully we'll be a little better tomorrow. Yeah, I think I'm a little sluggish too, so I may <laughs> I may fit the group. Let's um because we've got two games to do. Let's jump right into um let's into our highlight packages, coach. And you played GW last week, and um, George Washington was a team that had some concerns about, but you guys handled your business. It started off early as uh, Uri Collins. It was inevitable. We knew he was going to be the all-time assist leader, but when it happens, it's fun. Batch ahead to Yuri up the right sideline. Bills lead 23-14. Yuri, a little crossover. Waits, looks for an opening. Oh, yeah. oh no-look bullet inside. A coral layup, good. 25-14 St. Louis, timeout on the floor. 7.37 left in the half. Before I give you the out cue, that last assist to Okoro, Yuri Collins, all-time assist leader for St. Louis University and the crowd on its feet. Coach, I've said it a few times. I've seen some of the point guards over the last 36 years, and we've had some really good ones. H. Waldman, who had transferred from Las Vegas. Before him, Charlie Newberry and Jim Roeder did some really good things with the Billikens. And then since then, of course, Jordair Jed, and on and on. I, 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 you could list them all. But to do it in 69 games, to be the all-time in 69 games, what an accomplishment. Yeah, it was uh... – you know, it, he got the five very quickly yeah. <laughs> in the game, uh, but yeah, it's it's to even, an amazing feat in 69 games, as you mentioned. It's uh, I, I think unheard of because of the hi- great history, tradition of St. Louis University basketball, and, and as you said, all the great players that have come before to be able to do it in 69 games uh, says a lot. But you know, in, in typical of Yuri Faction, he never, uh, you know, fashion, never showed zero emotion when he got it. None. Mm-hmm. It was just his typical stoic uh, himself, and uh, you know that's uh, that's what we love about him. But yeah, special point guard for sure. No question about it. And and one of the other guys that went on a special run, a five game run, I believe it was a five game run, averaging almost twenty five points a game. Gibson Jimerson, and he was on fire. Had twenty eight points, including a couple of these baskets. Back the other way, the Bills on the run. Collins, top of the key, kicks to Jimerson from NBA Rage Bang! Gibson Jimerson. Now Collins beats Look his man that. into the corner on the curl screen. Oh. Bang! You got another one from Yuri Collins. There's a Yuri smile. <laughs> that too. How about that? He rarely shows emotion. <laughs> he never a smiled. big smile that was, on that curl pass. That wrap around, no look. It gets us right there where you want him. Oh my God! It's a show. And that uh, that was right in front of us. Yeah. That was in the second half, and that was pretty neat play all the way around. Yeah, you know, it, it, at this point, it's uh, nothing seems to surprise me, especially between them two. Uh, they've got uh, a, a, almost 
they're telepathic on the court together. They uh, they can read each other extremely well. They play off each other extremely well, uh, and it's fun to watch. Well, you know what I like about it? Um, with, and he also has that connection with Hargrove, too, when they get out and run. Yeah. And the only way I can figure is because he went down the side of the key, J- Jimerson was headed to the corner, and you knew he couldn't really see him. He saw what was going to happen and came around no look. That's... It's it's hard. It's it's. But again, when you have the connection that they have, they play together. Have played together a lot now for a couple of years. So, uh, just a great feel. And I, I think it's uh, part of the evolution of Gibson as well. Moving without the basketball, other yeah. guys moving without the ball. You know, we weren't getting this tight movement in the past. And uh, one more Jimerson play uh, in that ball game. That was a good one. Freeman on the right side. Then a fadeaway baseline jumper's good in a, against a double team. Tough shot. Look at that. Pass. Now down the floor Jeez, to the hole. Jimerson, wow. jam time. Oh, that's a gibby jimmy. Wow, what a pass. Yeah, that was one that's from, what, 75 feet away, just a flip down the floor by Yuri. Yeah, they've been getting that a couple times a game. That was, I think, the first time Gibson's actually dunked it. So yeah. uh, that was uh, everybody got a kick out of that. Uh, but uh, – yeah, they've, uh, you know, Yuri's got great vision up the court. And Gibby, you know, we were just talking in film session today that, you know, you don't ever want to leak out on the defensive end. When you're on playing defense, you want to get your stop. You want to secure the ball. But then you got to take off and sprint. If you'll, if you'll sprint, you'll get rewarded. If I played, I told him, if I played with Yuri Collins, you wouldn't be able to slow me down. Right. I mean, I'd be cutting, moving. Because uh, he, he will find you, and uh, hopefully we will continue to, to get better at sprinting the court. I don't think you were surprised, tell me if I'm wrong, at that five-game stretch where Jimerson averaged 25 a game. You expect him to – you know what he's capable of, right? Yeah, you know, yeah, I mean, we're, we're not necessarily surprised. We're really proud of him. Sure. Uh, you know, but we we need him to score. He knows that. He he puts a lot of effort into you know getting up extra shots every day, and uh, we run stuff for him. And I just again love the mentality and love that he's scoring in different ways. Um, but he puts his time in, and when you put your time in, you gain confidence by putting when you put your time in, and you gain everybody else around you's confidence. And so, you know, it, it doesn't necessarily shock me. It's uh, you know, it's and it's hard to go out and get. 20, 25 points when the other team, you know, that's their, you know, number one thing on their scouting board is trying to figure out how to keep him from scoring. So then let's let's move on to um, let's move on to Saturday, a game that um, maybe had a little trepidation about. Duquesne has some weapons, and for whatever reason, no matter who's good, no matter who's bad, it's tough to play there. And so that yeah, I don't. Think, and we hadn't been winning on the road. I mean, it was yeah, a big game. I don't think Slews won there in like 10, 12 years or something. Whatever it six, was, it was six straight losses there. Yeah, so yeah, probably 10, ten, twelve years, yeah. probably twelve years, whatever it is. And it's always been a tough place to play. Yes, um, they had a, went through a major renovation. Really nice facility. Now. It is good. Extremely isn't it? nice. They did a great job with it. Um, you know, the key was how we got started and how we started the second half. Started the game right. Started the second half right. Um, I thought that that was a big, big key in the game. Defense was probably as good as we've played. I mean, we really, you know, when you hold a, a conference opponent to 50, uh, 53 points, Three, yeah, 53. 53 points on their home court, uh, you know, you, you've you've had a good defensive effort. And I don't, I don't want to take any shots at them. I think, you know, sometimes human nature, by the end of the game, you could tell they were like, 
what are we supposed to do here? We can't get anything done. Yeah, you know, we we, we played well. Um, we we started the second half just really offensive rebounding, and that can be deflating. It can be really deflating, and especially when we already had a 13-point lead, I think, at halftime, and yeah. we come out and just go on a, a big run, and a lot of it because of offensive rebounding, and I think that can deflate you a little bit. Uh, they've got, a, you know, Keith Danbrod does an amazing, a, a, a great job. He's got a young basketball team. It's a young team, and uh, they've got some really good talent, and uh, they're going to be really good in the future. Yeah, they're freshman guards. You can tell they're going to be. They're, they're going to be, be really good. Yeah. yeah, we did a good job on them, but they're going to be really good. I watched enough film to to know that they, uh, you know, they they they're, they're going to carry the, carry them for a while. One of the terrific efforts of the night, despite foul trouble, was Francis Okoro, and he got it going on this play. Collins between the circles. Takes his time now. Everybody's standing. Sets up the play. Bullet pass to the corner. Jimerson three. Wow. Bang, he got it. He barely touched it. He barely touched it, Earl. And that was, I called for the wrong play. That was my mistake. I sure did miss it. That was Gibson Jimerson three. Oh, that's the one where it almost looked like he barely touched it. He was ready. It was Yuri going one way. Yuri was going to his left, yeah. and he threw back across his body to the opposite corner uh, to Gibson. And, yeah, Gibson got it in and out of his hands about as quick as you could. Like, never drop the ball. Where he caught it is where he shot it. did come down. Yeah. Just boom and flip boom. it. Yeah, really good stuff. Now, here's here's Okoro. Collins recovers. Yuri on a dead run. To the hole. Dumps across Okoro. Jam time! Yeah, and um, we talked to Franco after the game, and he was, uh, uh, by the way, in just two or three questions, just delightful to talk to, very thoughtful, very thoughtful and serious in his answers. And That's ta- Francis. And talking yeah. about I had to let the game come to me and learn what I needed to do. And uh, he is becoming a true handful around the league. Yeah, you know, we – a couple of things with Francis, and I was talking to a lot of the media before practice today about this a little bit because they were, you know, bringing him up quite a bit. And, you know, we it's it's a process with him because he set out all of last year, set out from basketball. He didn't he didn't touch a basketball for probably eight, nine months. Wow. Uh, and that's hard on anybody. Uh, so that's one thing. Uh, and then two – He's in a. He's never touched the ball to score like he has here. Like at Oregon, this is not. He very, very rarely ever shot. Uh, very rarely got a touch to where he could score the ball. And that's one of the things we told him when he came here is I want to develop his offensive game. He, you know, and he's got an incredible work ethic. That's that's what's made gives him a chance to become great. Is he's in here extra all the time. Uh, he wants to be great. He's not afraid to put in the extra time to do it. Um, but it's a process, and we thought this. We and I've told him this, starting the summer. You're going to get better and better. You won't be playing your best basketball probably until I told him mid January or February. It's just going to take some time and and things like that. And uh, you know, when Martin went down, obviously we needed him to step up big time, uh, and he did it. Uh, and I agree with you. Now he's playing like one of the better big men in our league. Because he's a double threat. He can defend on one end, and he can score on the other end. And uh, you don't find many big guys that can do that, uh, that, that, that make an impact on both ends of the court. You know, it's a, it, I think it's a tough call the way um, uh, the, way the post is, is called by officials where, guys, where the guy with the ball will look to seek the contact and bang, bang. And 
on one hand, you'll see guys, they'll give a little bit on each bang, but then you'll see a guy, and Okoro will do it sometimes, Martin sometimes too, they don't give ground. Yeah. And it almost and, and it's like an official surprise by that. Gets caught. That's, that's, um, I think that's an interesting dynamic to watch how it's called in a game. Yeah, it's, you know, you never know how a game's going to be called from game to game, especially inside in the paint area. Some, yeah. some referees let it play more, some don't. Uh, you know, um, and, and you just get a feel for, for it early. But both these guys are physically strong enough, old enough. That's big. Experience uh, has a lot to do with it as well, understanding how to hold your ground and understanding defense. And both these guys have, you know, Martin's slowly, he's not back to 100% at, at all. He, I'd say he's probably about 80, 85 really? maybe. Um but they they've given us great minutes together uh, combined. Their stats are, are are off the chart. So talk about what's going through your mind. Both uh, Martin and Francis each get four fouls. And yeah, you, you kind of could see it coming. I think. Yeah, you know, um, Francis got four early, um, and, and I think he was the first one. I can't yeah, remember which one. Yeah, I think was that's first. right. And but you know, uh, it's hard. We have great confidence in Lucina Troy, great confidence. It's just hard when you haven't been playing through the game. You know, kind of mid-second half, late second half, you get called him to have to go in there and do the job. And uh, I thought he did terrific. Uh, yeah. He came in, especially defensively. He kept, his defense is way ahead of his offense. But he was. we showed clips of him today of making some nice. multiple effort things and did a good job and uh, got a couple of rebounds, a couple of loose balls. Uh, made a nice pass to Markai on the baseline. So, you know, it's not the greatest scenario to get those two guys in foul trouble, uh, but uh, it's good to have uh, a guy to go to that kind of delivered. One more play on our, our player of the game, Francis Okoro, right here. No? Yes? There? Nope. <laughs> I skipped it? Oh, I sure did, Jim. Jim Jackson, our producer. No, let's go back to the other one. <laughs> Because I wanted, to, I wanted to talk about it in particular. Really good. A guy who has doesn't have the numbers, Rashad Williams. And you put him in the game, and he had hit a couple of threes. And I know it's the kind of stuff you're looking for from him. It sounded like this. Yep. Long rebound. It's Collins. He's got three on three. Okoro trailing. Here comes Yuri on the right wing. Fakes, pumps, kicks it out to Williams for three. Rashad. Bang! Rashad Williams. Got another one. 31-19 St. Louis. The running of the Bills. The running of the Bills. Got out and run, found the spot, hit the shot. Yeah, I'm glad you played that, uh, and I'm glad you brought him up because he's somebody who I am extremely proud of. Um, A month and a half, two months ago, he was uh, in a funk. He was not in a good spot. He wasn't playing. Uh, You know, we talked about his body language to him a lot. We talked about his defense and the energy you've got to play with, and it just, just wasn't bringing it for whatever reason he's been through a lot and different things and uh, for whatever reason we had a lot of talks with him for whatever reason he, things just flipped and we all start seeing it in practice that hey this guy's talking he's asking questions uh, he's making putting forth the effort he's not pouting his body language is good we never worried about his offense um, and I forgot what game it was, and I said, and I don't think I even told him, but I told the coaches, he deserves to get in. His attitude is right, and he's continued to do it. And 
I don't know. I can't remember a player I, I've had in a while that has flipped it the way he's flipped it. Uh, gone from a guy that we just, you know, just didn't think we were going to be able to play because of his body language and yeah. his th- things like that, and just. It, it, and for us, we're all about hard work. You know, we're we're grinded, and you know, you got to buy into that. And I'll be, he has really done a great job the last probably two weeks, and has earned the right to get in. I think he's gotten in the first half probably the last three games, and now he can continues to do what he's doing. He'll be in the regular rotation and continue yeah. to gain more playing time uh, because he can get hot at any point in time, and. Uh, but if he's playing defense and has that great energy and great body language and uh, and, and talking on the court, then he's going to continue to to play. And when you look at what you your your bench offers you as you get into this really tough February, to have a guy who started his whole career to come off the bench, so he's not he's used to pressure. That's not pressure to him. He gets open. He's going he's going to pull the trigger and make shots yeah he he does have experience um but it's always a transition when you go from one program to another and different programs stress different things emphasize different things and you know what emphasis i put on just you know you gotta play hard-nosed tough basketball and you gotta be you know you gotta grind it out be a guy you can go to war with and he's that guy he's he's really stepped up and like i said extremely proud of him one play I wanted to give us, uh, give everybody from the Duquesne game. Um, we've seen it a lot. We talked about the connection between Yuri and T.J. Hargrove, and I love this one. Traore wouldn't let him make the move. Now they double up, and Williams gets it back, wants to drive again, drives hard, missed it, loose ball. Traore with help from Nesbitt. He rolled his ankle, Nes did. Oh, yeah. Now a lob, jam time! <laughs> oh, flight 22! T.J. Hargrove! Beautiful. Finding ways to contribute, and that that gets everybody fired up on a play like that, and the way the way they didn't give up on the play. Yeah, I usually see those coming. I didn't even see that one coming. No. That was uh, it was a heck of a play. But as we showed in film today, when you sprint to court, you will be rewarded. And uh, shame on you if you don't sprint with Yuri, uh, because right. uh, he will find you. And just a great play between those two. And one more for a guy who had 14 points and eight rebounds, seven of nine from the floor, Francis Okoro. Franco waits, waits, killed his dribble, then to the wing for Collins. No look into the corner. Gibson Jimerson shot it a little flat and missed it. Weak side rebound, Thatch, reverse layup, no good. Re- loose ball, re- recovered by Nesbitt. Teardrop, no good. Wow. Okoro rebound layup, yes! <laughs> eat, big fella, eat! <laughs> yeah, and that was fun. Earl's unbelievable, yeah. but... but the guys kept attacking the glass, and that was something you would emphasize about offensive rebounding. Yeah, that was, you know, again, that's what got us started the second half. And as we mentioned earlier, it can be deflating to the other team when you keep giving up second shots and you're already down in the game. Um, and we just, uh, you know, it's always been an emphasis for us uh, to be a, try to be a very good offensive rebounding team. Um, you know, we, uh, Fred Thatch is really good. Francis O'Coro, TJ's good at it. Uh, Jordan Nesbitt's really good at it, uh, you know. So it's uh, it's an area of emphasis for us. That's Travis Ford. I'm Bob Ramsey. More on the Billiken Coaches Show when we return to Chaffetz Arena. Have a special guest coming up, and more. Stay with us on KMOX. This is the Billiken Coaches Show. Welcome back to the Billiken Coaches Show. We're courtside at Chaffetz Arena where we spend a lot of time. I'm Bob Ramsey. Travis Ford is here. And, Coach, let's let's welcome in our guest tonight. Um, 
the dominator from Dusseldorf, uh, one of our favorites, Martin Linson. Martin, it's it's the great. double D. That's pretty good. That's right. <laughs> it's it's great to see you, and thanks for taking some time and 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 coming out to the show. How you doing tonight? Well, pretty good. Just got out of practice. How so. was it? Good as always. Good. Worked hard. Getting ready for George Mason. That's right. Hey, I want to I want to talk about your journey, but first let's talk a little bit about um, how it's. Uh, for me, as a basketball fan, it's been fun watching you uh, embrace leadership and whether you're on the bench or on the floor, talking and getting your teammates focused and involved. Tell me about how you've taken that responsibility on. Uh, I mean, as a senior, as an older guy, this is my fifth year. I, I kind of know what it what it takes to win for the younger guys. Um, I see when they need to push. Um, or you know, like need some help in certain situations. Staying, staying locked in, staying in the game. Um, yeah, I just want to win, especially with my injury being sidelined for so long. It's just a way that I can make my team better, uh, even though I can't be on the court. So I'm just trying to embrace that. Yeah, it, Martin's no, it's no, it's not even close. He's the most vocal guy on yeah. our team. It's not, there's not a close second. Um, we we've noticed that immediately when practice started back in September because it used to be kind of Jordan was loud and all that, and then we're like, well, now it's Martin because nobody else says a lot. And when he got hurt, that was one of the biggest things we were concerned about. We knew he'd be vocal on the sideline and all that, but he brings so much energy on the court. He makes other guys stay ready. He helps execute our offense as well as Yuri does. I mean, he calls plays out. He calls what we need to know next has a great IQ for the game, great understanding of the game, uh, and he's all about winning. He's all about winning, and he's all about trying to make whatever the team needs. Um, and, you know, he's not, as we talked about earlier, he's not back 100% yet. Um, you know, once he gets back the way he was playing before, because he was playing like an all-conference player before. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, amazing stats, and, you know, we were, we were playing really good. Uh, but he'll get back to 100% here, here very, very soon. But, yeah, not even close. Great leader for our team. Very, very vocal. Has a total understanding of what we're doing out here. Uh, and it's good to at least have him back on the court and see him getting closer to, to being 100% healthy. Martin, let me ask you, and then I absolutely want Coach to react to it. Um, you're a pretty intense guy out on the court. And even in practice, it went, I wonder sometimes if demanding excellence is – what great players do you got to demand that of yourself but man something doesn't go right you get visibly upset my bad my bad and you're 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 stomp around a little bit have you always been that way demanding excellence from yourself uh yeah i've actually gotten calmer over the years yeah as like a freshman (laughs) i was even worse uh had to take laps sometimes by coaches or like be sidelined a little bit um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I think that just gets me going. The the emotions, um, you know, I put better when I'm mad sometimes, so that that helps me. And uh, yeah, when I get myself riled up a little bit, I just get like another gear. It's hard to yell at guys when they're yelling at themselves, isn't it, Coach? Well, it's it's funny you bring that up because I don't know. It was a couple of weeks ago. Martin Martin in practice, he's the ultra ultimate competitor. No question, wants to do well. But if he doesn't get a call made or if he gets a wrong call on him, he might have a couple of things usually to say. And we, we, pay, we don't pay a whole bunch of attention to it. We've known that from day one. And I was, I was in a bad mood to begin with one day, and he said something back, and I, it really doesn't bother me, to be honest with you. And I snapped back at him, and, you know, in about 
20 minutes later, we're still in practice. I was even thinking to myself, I don't know why I did. You know, I should I should just went on. I didn't really care. And I started thinking about it. I even told him, I said, problem with Martin and I, we're both identical. We're going we're gonna <laughs> to pop off without thinking. Usually most of the time we're very similar in our competitiveness. We're similar that we want to do great. And we're probably going to say what we feel at any particular time. And uh, I know I forget about it and two seconds later, and he moves on. We, you know, we laugh about it as coaching staff all the time. Like, yeah, he's going to say something. Just, we'll move on. Well, what about, you know, Coach readily admits he coaches hard. And, and um, have you always been coached that way? Did, you, did, did it take a while to get used to Travis? Did you embrace it? Did you expect it? Um. I mean, coming in, I, I kind of knew that it was going to be uh, tough on his players. Um, but I've played for so many different head coaches here and in Germany that I've like I've known different styles. But yeah, adjusting at first was pretty tough. Um, it was pretty good to have uh, Haas and Goody here in the beginning just to kind of you know uh, help me out as older guys. I think the only way it works, and I'm not saying this to embarrass you, coach, but the only I think the only way it works is that you know that. Um, it's not personal and that this staff really believes in that the team blue stuff and they love you guys that's the only way you could get away with that isn't it yeah for sure 100 percent. and coach when somebody new comes in a freshman a transfer what have you you probably even in the recruiting process you tell them you're going to be coached hard here yeah i mean i i, I know i'm hard i mean i i i was the same way when i played yeah uh, to my, my teammates and myself i mean i'm I was extremely hard on myself, and I, I just had a, an expectation that I wanted to live up to, and I expected my teammates to live up to it, and uh, and I've carried it over in coaching. I know I can get out of hand at times. I fully grasp it, and sometimes there's things that I say, and I mean, like, why don't I just keep my mouth shut and let them just play? <laughs> I, I realize that. Uh, but, you know, I, I'm in the fight with them. I feel like it. Um, you know, they know I care about them. I love them. I'm in the fight with them, and, you know, especially Marty and the guys been around, they know just no one to listen, no one to tune me out. So that's it. I can, I can live with that. So. But before we take a break, and I don't want to be too late with our breaks, but I, I did want to ask you, Martin, I wanted, I, to me the journey has got to be fascinating. So you're, you're growing up in Germany. Did you always take the basketball? Were you a soccer guy first? Tell me about, as a small child, how you developed? Uh, very little. I played soccer for a little bit. I uh, was a goalie. I, I, was, I wasn't good at all. Um, <laughs> I, I wasn't really that good. Uh, played handball for a little bit. That's not pretty big in Germany here. People don't really play it. Yeah. But um, my dad played basketball. So did my sister. Um, and then when I was like seven, eight, nine, they were like, just just try it out. Just go. And then kind of kind of stuck with basketball from then on out. Is, is your dad a big guy? Uh, yeah, I'm just like six, five, six, six. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and uh, so I only know what it's like here with kids and club teams and all the school. What's it like there? Is it? In fact, I think a lot of the club stuff here, coach, has developed over the years, kind of taken from that European style. Yeah, no question for for sure. And so is that what you did? You jumped into club ball? Yeah, you you can you don't really play sports in high school back home. Ah. Um, you only have like PE and then. Whatever sport you want to do, you do it outside of school. Um, so, yeah, I, I was always only played club. So, were you always bigger than everyone else, or did you have a big growth spurt somewhere? I was always the biggest kid everywhere, um, so I was continuously tall. Um, yeah, I think I, the first time I dunked, I was like 12 or 13 because oh I, was like, I was like 6'5 <laughs> already. So, 
I was always the biggest kid by far. All right, well, let's talk to the big kid when we come back from the break. Travis Ford is here. That's Martin Linson. I'm Bob Ramsey. On KMOX, it's the Billiken Coaches Show. Don't go away. Welcome back to Schaefer Serena. Bob Ramsey, Travis Ford is here. Martin Linson is with us as well. Don't forget Kevin Wheeler at the top of the hour in Sports Open Line here on KMOX. And um, Martin Linson, um, young man from, from Germany. Um, and before we get into the college stuff, how did you get to university in America? I, I just, it, it, it's, how does that process begin? How do you navigate it and make those decisions? Tell me how it went for you. Uh, there are a few different ways for foreign guys. If you're really good and you play for your country, uh, World Cups, European Cups, then college scouts will see you, will look at you. Um, then certain people go through agents, don't sign with them, but they will call college coaches. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't do either of that. I just, uh, <laughs> I luckily had a few coaches back home who who played. My head coach um, played for the University of Alaska in Anchorage, oh. um, and he knew a few guys and uh, just through coaching professionally in Germany for so long, he had a few American players come through and one of them turned out to be the head coach at Valpo, uh, Matt Lodic, um, and that, that is my connection to Valpo and how I got to the States. Um, and so when you, when you go to Valparaiso, um, but tell me about the family dynamic and our son going to play on the other side of the world or across the Atlantic anyway, and tell me about how your parents supported that or that process too uh they're very supportive um because they they realized that i really wanted to do that that was something that for me um just picking either basketball or college was not an option and the u.s just the best way to do both um Mm -hmm. and just the experience of playing college ball um yeah was like something i really wanted what's interesting we recruiting through COVID, you know uh yeah and we did it over zoom and uh over zoom really over zoom he was back in germany uh and this is when we'd all been i was when i went to florida for a couple of months and i was in florida uh there and the coaches were here and uh i watched a lot of film on him just fell in love with him uh but what i love about marty is you know he cares he cares about he cares about getting better he cares about our team he cares about his academics. That was a big reason he probably even came to the States. Yes, he wanted to play basketball, and he's going to go on and play professionally, but he'll use his uh, degree uh, at some point, and he'll use it uh, and, and be extremely successful and, and move on. But uh, he cares about his academics. That is important to him. It's one of the reasons he came here, to, to get a great education, to get his graduate and MBA degree and all that. Uh, but very mature individual, and we talk about this as a staff all the time. He's going to be very successful, very successful. We're going to be asking yeah. Marty for a loan one day. Uh, he is going to whatever that. I'm he does. Write that down. Write that down because he is. He'll <laughs> he's going to he'll play professional for a while, and uh, then he'll probably start his own business, do something. But uh, he's going to be very successful. He's got a work ethic that, uh, and he's really smart that he'll succeed in whatever he does. So, Martin, talk about coach and the staff here reaching out to you and what you're thinking about and how you decide you want to wrap up your uh, uh, American college career. Tell me about that. Um, when I decided to leave uh, Wilmington, I just looked for a few things. I wanted good academics. I wanted to get better. I wanted to go somewhere where I can win. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and uh, yeah, and those three points were basically why I came here, and uh, this is like was like the best fit for me. What was the initial contact? Coach Ray knew somebody that they were connected. I can't remember who it was that uh, contacted Coach Giacoletti and said, "Hey, this is somebody. If He's you're looking. interested." And then, you know, obviously they send me tape. Ray yeah. sends me and say, "Hey," and then I watched several and just loved it. Thought it was exactly what fundamentals. He, I, I, we, we call him the human clinic. I mean. Yeah, and it just I mean every. Thing runs smoother when he's out there yeah. for us. Just runs extremely smooth for us, and we saw that. We just like he's got a great IQ. He can score down low. He can defend. He's physical, and uh, we said we we mentioned that time. Probably he's getting a little bit better shape in the time, and he's gotten in body in ridiculous shape. Great shape, um, but yeah, everything we were looking for. It wasn't. We didn't have anybody like him, and that's what we were looking for. So, basketball in Germany. I know with the Bundesliga and soccer that that's the thing. So do people lose track of you? Do you get to go home every summer? And tell me about how that relationship with your folks back home and the basketball community in Germany. Um, I mean, I go home every summer yeah. for like a month or two. Um, I think that like the larger basketball community kind of doesn't really know who I am anymore <laughs> uh, just because I've been I've been gone for so long. Um, I mean, like the the like the club I used to play for, like they're still in touch with me. They know what I've, I've my, they know my journey. They know what I've been doing, but on a larger scale. So, does that club actually then at its top level play professionally? Yeah, they play uh, second division. Second division. Yeah. yeah, and I think it's, your parents are coming over senior night. Senior night. Yeah. Oh, that'll be fantastic! Yeah, I'm excited. That's, That's great. great. And so, um, you had already decided. If I'm wrong. Uh, Stop me that this is going to be your final year. Yep. Although you could, I guess you'd have to become a doctor, though, if you <laughs> stuck around any longer, right? Yeah. And so that's your goal, though, to play uh, basketball in Germany next year? Yeah. The goal is to go professionally, um, go to go to Germany and maybe try to see a few other countries. You know, the yeah. the great part about this game is you can play it anywhere. Yeah. He'll go. He'll play professionally, and it'll be up to him how long he wants to play for. But, yeah, that, that won't be a issue will be a problem he'll, he'll have a lot of different opportunities yeah that's great and so your family gets to come over i'll, I'll be excited for uh for them to the see chaffetz arena in st louis yeah me and too i'm excited it, it'll yeah. be terrific um so in your in your uh time here talk about because you wanted to be pushed you wanted your game to get better tell me what you think you've gotten better at um i think coach mentioned earlier i've gotten in so much better shape um just more athletic overall that's like a big step i've taken forward um i think and i've become a better defender and like a lot better passer mm -hmm. than what i was before um and then uh my, my post game like i think i just um been able to play against player of a higher level um mm -hmm. just competing with guys that are at like the next level because the a10 is a lot better than the league that i came from so just playing against better competition you agree with his self-assessment yeah, 100%. You know, again, you got to go back before he was hurt. He was pl actually playing athletic. And yeah. Yeah, he was be you know, I, you can think of dunks that he had, different things that he did. He was playing very athletic. Uh, you know, he goes down the Auburn game and, we, you know, who knows if he doesn't get hurt what happens, you know, because, again, execution, especially down the stretch, is really yep. big for us. And uh, But, yeah, he got his body in great shape when he came in. He, you know, we kind of – evaluated kind of gave him a goal that we wanted him to get at and told him how much more athletic he would be how much longer he would be able to play 
you know, lose a little weight, just get in great shape. And uh, he did that, no question. And he'll get back to there probably, probably be another week to 10 days, I think, before he gets back to 100% to where he was. He's getting close. Tell me about everybody's been talking about it as well. They should have been. But tell me about what you observe with Yuri Collins and the connection you have with him. Because with us running all that high post stuff, you guys have to have a connection. Right. It's amazing. He is an amazing passer. Uh, I mean, you know, like, I don't need to worry about him finding me when I'm open. It's not like, you know, you get frustrated because you're, you're open, you never get the ball. He just sees everything, facilitates, and he just makes us so much better. Let me, uh, let me say this, though. Every big man I've ever known, and I assume you're the same way, thinks they're open on every play. <laughs> Is that right, Coach? I think everybody in our team thinks they're open on every play. <laughs> I think that's everybody. I mean, you know, it's, it's because we are. I can show because you. Because you are. <laughs> You know, I can, I can pull up so much tape. And every every <laughs> shot's a good shot. Yeah. He's got evidence. <laughs> That's right. That's really good. I love it. And, and, uh, and you're talking about being in shape and running the floor, but this team is remarkable when you run the floor and what Yuri can do. And it, it's a thing of beauty, I think. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, with, and that's a fun way to play, right? Oh, yeah, it's the best when you just push the ball, get dunks, threes, all that fun stuff. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. And Coach um, – uh, you're going to need all three of your bigs down the stretch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We saw that Saturday. You know, Marty and Francis got in foul trouble, and it's not easy after Basile had been sitting there most of the game, but you got to, you know, and I kind of got him trying to jump on it, get him woke up a little bit because he'd kind of been just hanging out over there. And, uh, you know, and we're going to absolutely, absolutely. As hard as, the, you know, these two guys play, Basile's got to stay ready. Um, but, you know, these these two guys – you know, we can go to war any day with anybody. We're not that. That's least of our concerns. Yeah, you've been around. Franco's been around, um, and Basil hasn't. Has he, is he? Does he look up to you guys? You guys try and help him along as 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 uh, his freshman years developed. Oh, one hundred percent. He he works really hard, and like he yeah. listens to us too, and it's just like great. And he plays. I mean. He plays so hard, so yeah. it's uh, it's just fun to play with him, and he's going to be really, really good. I mean, he's already good, but, but yeah. his future is very bright, I think. I'll tell you what, Martin. I know I can speak for all Billiken fans out there. It's a delight watching you play. We feel lucky and are so glad you chose St. Louis University, and um, uh, we're looking forward to a big uh, final well, let's say two months. Mm-hmm. These final yeah. two months and go deep into March, and um, so everyone really appreciates you. Thanks for stopping by tonight. Yeah, thank you. That's, that is Martin Linson. Travis and I will be back in a moment. It's the Billiken Coaches Show right here on KMOX. Welcome back to the Billiken Coaches Show. We're at Chaffetz Arena. Travis Ford is here. We want to thank, again, Martin Linson. Um, uh, just a terrific young man, an example of the kind of people you love to have in your program. He, he really is. He's in, uh, a joy to coach every day. Uh, like I said, he's just very mature, uh, comes to work. I mean, works extremely. I said, I don't know he overworks. He's just uh, extremely hard worker, very talkative, great teammate, makes other people around him better. Uh, I, I can't say enough positive things about Martin. Does the work in the classroom, obviously. I mean, that's he's a you know, uh, high-level student, uh, just does everything the right way. He's a guy you don't have to worry about. You know, it's funny, and I guess it's because so many of us in America are so dumb when it comes to foreign language. Um, his English is perfect. 
Yeah, perfect. It, it, it really is. He's been over here for a while, but yeah, it's, but still, it's you, know, you wouldn't even know it. Yeah, if, if if you didn't know he's from Germany, you would never even No, and so yeah. many people in Europe three yeah. and four languages, yeah. and we can barely do one. Barely. Yeah. <laughs> <Here you. laughs> so let's look ahead, go back out on the road. And well, before we talk specifically uh, about George Mason, we were just talking about the, that that little COVID break has all of a sudden made February such a challenge. No three-day breaks. Maybe one. Is it one or no three-day breaks? No three-day breaks. We're done with three-day breaks. Nine in February, nine games in 26 days. That's that's tougher than a pro schedule. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I don't know what year I'm in, 25, 26 years. I've never had a February like this ever uh, as a head coach. Um you know, I'm sure our players love it. Uh, they, you know, they'd rather, they'd rather play it in practice. But uh, it's uh, and and the and we have our we've talked to our team a lot. The most challenging part of our schedule is, yes. is starting right now and on the road. Whether we count of Duquesne, just because all road games and um, it is by far the you know I'm sure uh, I I would guess we probably have the toughest schedule left of anybody in our league. I, I can't imagine so. it being any I don't see tougher. Um, but uh, We've talked to our guys about the challenge that lies ahead of us. We've got to take them one game at a time, obviously. Um, not only are all the games extremely challenging and great opponents, but, yeah, there are going to be a lot of back-to-back tight game. you know, not a, lot of, not a lot of preparation, not a lot of time to rest. Uh, but uh, at this time of year, probably not a bad thing. Probably just need to play anyway. Nine in the month, 11 left. So you're not quite at the halfway mark, but I started to see a little bit uh, have and have not, a little bit of a stratification. Some teams can go up and down, so there are so many games to play. But what made me think of that when you're talking about other teams and everybody looks around and goes, it's time. We, you, know, you, you can't squander anything now as you get into this meat of the schedule. And what is amazing is it, it just it kind of hit me a couple days ago. We're only seven games in. We're, we're not even close to even halfway home uh, of our conference schedule, and we're already into February. Yeah. So uh, it, there's still a lot of basketball to be played, no doubt. I think everybody's got at least one loss in our league, and – I think there's two teams. George Mason's won four in a row. They're four and one. Uh, yeah, they had a longer COVID break. They right? had a longer COVID yeah. break, so they still have a lot of games to make. I can't imagine what their February looks like. I mean, it's probably got more than we got. Uh, so. But uh, I think there's two teams with one loss. That's Davidson and George Mason. And then there's a group of three of us with two losses, I think. Three or four, three or of, four us, yeah. of us with two losses. Uh, and there's some with three. I mean, it's all bunched out. I, I, I still, yeah, as it, most leagues are, it's going to come down to the last week or 10 days or whatever it is. But a lot of basketball to be played. I don't think we're in do-or-die situations, but got to take care of your business. You absolutely do, and it starts on Wednesday in Fairfax at George Mason. Traditionally, we the Billikens and, and, uh, and George Mason play unbelievable games. It's, a, it's, a, it's an older building. But it's kind of cool. The seats yeah. are right on top of it. And I imagine, and their band is unbelievable. Band, yeah. and, and it'll be a tremendous atmosphere. And they've got them going there a little bit. Yeah, they've got huge wins on the year. Uh, they've beaten Maryland. They beat Georgia. They beat St. Bonaventure. They've beaten Dayton in our league. Wow. Uh, a lot of big wins in our, in, in, uh, on the year already. Uh, very talented. Again, it seems like we always say it, but several big-time transfers or leading scores. They transfer from Colorado, got a really good player from Tennessee, uh, where their coach had coached both those places. 
Um, so he brought a couple players with him. Uh, back up, or uh, their starting center, playing 36 minutes a game. A lot a lot goes through his hands. He's very talented, averaging about 16 points a game. Oduro, is that Oduro his? Oduro is yeah. uh, just he, very he, skilled. He I can mean, be a load. Yeah, he, he's got the ball in his hands a lot. They use him as a passer, facilitator, scorer. Just a really talented offensive team, extremely averaging almost nine, ten threes made a game. Uh, number one field goal percentage in our league. I told our team, you know, we're we lead the league in scoring. They lead the league in field goal percentage. Just you know, wow. uh, this is a very talented, extremely talented on the offense and uh, great defensive numbers. So yeah, very very good basketball team. And. Uh... Uh, Kim English coaching him. People from around this area know yeah. him, and, and he's making a name for himself quickly. Yeah, very good young coach. Uh, you know, he, like I said, done a great job bringing in some transfers yeah. to to, to kind of jumpstart his first year and did it doing it the right way. Team's very well coached when you watch them play. Don't uh, You know, they're number one in the league in assist-to-turnover ratio. Uh, they get about 16 assists a game and only turn it over about 10 times. Uh, so they're taking care of the basketball, um, you know. So yeah, he's doing a really good job. And so you know, you talk mentioned turnovers. A quick point about the Bills. It looks like I don't want to jinx it. Looks like if you clean that up a little bit, uh, we'll see. I mean, that's <laughs> why hey, never know till you're judged by the next game. So, that, that's exactly right. Yeah, so who so, knows? We'll see. I'll ask you again on Wednesday, but kind of as you kind of look at it, and I know you're still doing tape and putting yeah. the game plan together. A couple of keys, maybe you think we might that you might need to do on Wednesday. Yeah, obviously you can just look at stats and say you got to stop the threes, but they've got some guys that can really, really shoot it uh, again. Uh, execute their offense extremely well. You've got to be locked in defensively. If you make a mistake, they're going to make you pay. They're very efficient within their offense, extremely efficient. Don't take many bad shots. Don't turn it over. Uh, they're going to, you know, uh, you know, they're going to try to keep the ball out of Yuri's hands and Gibson's hands. We kind of know what they're going to do defensively, and they're physical when they do it. And they play man-to-man mostly? Mostly. They'll throw some 2-3 at you a little bit. They, they have some zone they'll go at that, you know, we've worked on a little bit today, but... Uh, but yeah, you know, uh, very, very, very good basketball team. Have, I think they're eight, nine, and one at home. Uh, played extremely well at home. Uh, we're gonna have to. We're gonna play extremely well. Absolutely. You mentioned zone defenses. I forgot to ask you earlier in the show. We got about two minutes left, but you showed a couple little zones, a little one-three-one out there a little bit. It was kind of fun to see. You did it well. Yeah, we haven't. We haven't. You know, we've always had it in our pocket a little yeah. bit. Just hadn't played it much. Uh, just thought. Uh, you know, uh, Duquesne's a team that likes to run a lot of sets. Sometimes that gets them out of some sets. It works. So we thought got some good. turnovers. Yeah, I thought it might be good for them, and uh, it, it worked. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it was good in that game. Yeah, and so um, as you get ready, you'll uh, you'll leave tomorrow. And sometimes you practice at home and then leave, but you're going to practice uh, in Fairfax. Yeah, we'll practice there. We don't play till you know later on Wednesday. A little concerned about getting home because of the right, weather. Right. That's a concern. But uh, but yeah, we'll get out of here tomorrow and uh, practice. Uh, yeah, at, at George Mason. At George Mason, and um, you say you've talked to the guys about this tough month and so before we get out of here what can you do when the games are coming so fast to try and stay and not let bodies wear down mental wear you know uh, mentally wear down yeah you know I, I, I you know game our practices are probably harder than the games so that point 
you know, we've got to make sure that we get the guys rest that need it. But, you know, my college coach, Coach Pino, was just say, if you're just playing games, you'll get out of shape, which is a good point. So, you know, really, a lot of teams, most wow. guys playing 25 and 30 minutes a game. That's not a whole lot, a lot of stoppage, different things like that. But especially guys that are getting eight, nine minutes, they, they got yeah. to get them, you got to get some work in between. But this group, you know, what's interesting with our schedule this year, we've had a lot, started the season three games in four days here at home, three games out of four days. Then we go to Cancun and have to play a game with no preparation. So they've done good on mental preparation. We've, we've actually done pretty good at that. So, um, you know, we'll, it'll a lot be mental at this point. It, you know, there won't, there's not much practice time left after today, to be honest with you. Coach, thanks for the visit tonight. We'll see you in Fairfax, Virginia tomorrow. Sounds good. Thank you. That's Travis Ford. Our thanks also to Martin Linson for Matt Pajeski in the Camelot Studios and, of course, for Jim Jackson. I'm Bob Ramsey. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget, coming up next on KMOX, our good buddy Kevin Wheeler will run the show. Sports Open Line, coming up next on KMOX. Good night from Chaffetz Arena. On the Billiken Sports Network, from Learfield, this has been the Billiken Coaches Show, presented by Edward Jones. Life is for living. Let's partner for all of it. Learn more at edwardjones.com. The preceding has been a Learfield presentation on the Billiken Sports Network.